everybody welcome back this is episode number 42 42 42 the recovery lab podcast series i'm drew hassan i'm daniel anderson we are the recovery lab uh, we're joined today via zoom by harry balsamo harry thank you so much man my pleasure guys happy to be here it's awesome it's awesome well look you set all this up talk, yeah. talk to the man get well, the information out of it. um first of all i i do want to touch on um your involvement somewhere in this conversation with Katie Sullivan and uh, Recovery for America Now, uh, because that is how uh, I got in contact with you. She spoke incredibly highly of you, um, and uh, so did Art. And um, so, you know, we 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 definitely owe it to her for uh, for us putting each other in contact. So, for sure, um, we've we've got about an hour today, um, and and what I want, um, I want people to uh, know a little bit about who you are just maybe 10 minutes maybe let's just hear a little bit about uh, what what happened what it's like and what it's like now um, and um, and then we'll just hop into a, a conversation I think it's good for people to uh, know exactly where you're coming from uh, so that they could ultimately relate to you in the most uh, efficient way so um we'll we'll let's uh hear it. yeah we'll 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 walk with you through this but uh let's let's hear a little bit about uh who this guy harry is sure and again guys i'm honored to be here thank you for having me on here um uh, my name is harry balsamo i am 53 years old i am originally from washington dc and uh, i have been living in fort lauderdale florida for about 32 years some consider me a native floridian because i've been down here so long um what was it like um, growing up was I grew up in a non-alcoholic household. I had pretty regular parents, two older brothers. Um, I grew up in the 70s. I grew up in the disco era, um, albeit I was probably 10, 11 years old, not old enough to go out on my own. But my older brothers were big into disco. I watched the Brady Bunch every day. I was a latchkey kid. My parents went to work every day and I had a key around my necklace and that's how I took care of myself after school every day. And I watched Speed Racer and all that good stuff. So that kind of sets up my childhood on how I grew up. Um, discovered alcohol and, and weed and in junior high school and had fun with that. And then it became fun plus problems like in college and stuff. And then eventually, like as an as a, a working adult, um, um, an alcohol problem and a drug addiction don't really mix well with a with a nine to five job. So eventually, my drinking and drugging career um, became just all problematic. And um, you know, I, I was a garbage can. I did a lot of stuff out there, and um, and I came into I was you know I tried every day for. Um, three years i was in a graduate school for architecture down here in miami and i was hooked on some you know super dry alcohol and i tried every day for three years to stop and i couldn't and by the grace of god uh my ex-mother-in-law found me out thank god for her because um you know if that didn't happen god knows where i'd be today right. and um that was my sobriety date is uh march 30th 1999 uh, i just celebrated 24 years clean and sober that's awesome and, um, you're here thanks guys thanks yeah it's been a it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of struggles um i've invested a lot into this program um i've invested a lot into me um 
And, um, you know, it's funny. I used to think one way when I first came into the rooms, I came in through Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, actually my very first meeting was Narcotics Anonymous. And, um, and then, then I decided that I liked AA better. Not that there's anything wrong with NA. NA gets a lot of people clean and they live productive, beautiful lives. Um, I just found that AA was better suited for me. And, um, you know, I've been, let's see, in, in sobriety, I have been divorced twice. I have, um, been bankrupt twice. Uh, I just, I've buried two parents. Uh, I just buried my mother a year ago. Um, I have lost jobs. I have lost friends. I've buried two dogs. Um, I have been sued. Um, I have sued people, you know, life, life has just been coming at me as it does for all of us for the last uh, 24 years. And every year, guys, my life gets better and better. And it's only because of the 12 steps um, that I've you know, taken in the program and the fellowship that I basically grew up in. You know, I, I stopped drinking it or I started drinking at 14. And they say that whenever you stop, whenever you start drinking, that's where you stop growing emotionally. So when I came in at 29, I was, a, I was the equivalent of a 15 year old. Right. And, um, you know, I'm 53 now. I think I know a few things, but, um, you know, the longer I stay clean and sober guys, I don't know how this program works. I don't question it. I just keep doing what I've been doing for the last, you know, couple of decades. And that's don't drink on a daily basis. I had to renew my membership to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous on a daily basis because I will forget that I'm an alcoholic. I for, I'll forget I have a problem. And, um, you know, life just keeps getting better and better. And, um, you know, I just am now in a new relationship for um, I'm a relationship person. And uh, so now I'm in a new relationship with somebody and, uh, and I just bought a house. I'm getting ready to move in two weeks. So life just keeps coming. Thanks, man. Yeah. Life. I've been blessed. I've been so blessed in recovery and uh, I love just staying sober and, um, you know, just trying to help the next alcoholic, the next drug addict or or whoever needs help with whatever. I'm just kind of here to help. And that's kind of why I'm here. I'm really honored again that you guys invited me on here. Yeah. Isn't it? And, Dude, we're, we are incredibly honored that you're here with us. Um, and, and we're super appreciative. It not it for me, it's very, very important to, um, I, I go, I hop on a zoom meeting, a zoom AA meeting every morning at seven 30. Um, it's, is it necessary? No. Is it something that I look forward to, to having that, that camaraderie with a group of people at 40 to 50 people in Dallas that, that I've, I've been building these friendships and relationships with yes absolutely it's something that i look forward to every single day and what to touch on what you said i am that's why i go every morning is because i will forget that i have that that i need to stay on this spiritual you know plan of action because yeah exactly because i will get i i, I will start thinking that i'm doing everything um, I will start thinking that uh, I'm in control of everything and everyone needs my input. Um, and Lord knows that's the last thing that we need. Um, but yeah, like I, it's, it's, it's so important for me to personally, to stay connected with the community. And that's one of the things 
this time around in sobriety, I've, I've been trying to get sober for 20 years. And this time around, um, this girl, Leah, she was on the podcast. Um, when I was first getting sober this time, she, um, we were at like a Missy Paul, uh, convention, I think. And she was like, I told her a little bit about what's been going on. And she was like, well, why don't you get connected? Why don't you, why don't you come and do this with us and do that? And, and that was something that not necessarily anybody had ever done before. And mm. it, something clicked at that moment. I was like, you know what? I, yeah, I've never been, I've never, first of all, given it my all. I've never tried to actually be a part of the program. I've always just been kind of on the outside ring and lo and behold, I started to get involved and started to do things um, that, that was that were out of my comfort zone you know i'm like at my core i'm a very um quiet person very reserved you wouldn't know it because i appear very uh extroverted Gregarious. yes um yeah. but, but that's that's me pushing myself to to make connection with people like me left my own devices i'll just kind of sit and look at my phone at all times and that's not something that I found is healthy for me and makes me feel good in the long run. So I've kind of stayed away from that. One thing that I want to talk about, you, you are a coach, right? I am. I'm a recovery coach and I'm also yeah. an interventionist. Okay. Awesome. I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. What, what exactly my first impression when I was first getting sober was um, I, I really didn't know anything about coaching and it sounded kind of um. I, look, I have, of, I have been trying, I have been in and out of recovery since 1995. And since I've been on this journey, the advent of the peer support specialist, the sober coach, all that has been since I've been coming around. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think it's an absolute benefit yeah. to the community. You know, to have people that it's kind of like a sponsorship with teeth, I guess. I don't know what. Yeah. Would would you would you describe for the listener what, yeah, what that is? And, and for me, like what well. a recovery coach is. Yeah. yeah. What, what exactly yeah. did you do? Well, what, you know, Drew, it's funny you mentioned, you know, when we came in, we it sounds like we've all been in for about 20 plus years. Yeah. Those terms, uh, recovery coach, none of this stuff was around before. No, like no. it was hard to find a treatment center other than Betty Ford and Hazelton. Hazelton, right? yeah. So it's funny. This whole the whole industry has really become it's healthcare now. It really is healthcare. You know, the insurance companies are involved. You know, that's a whole other topic. But um, um, so a recovery coach, and it's funny, I didn't hear about this term until like two years ago. I don't even think that term was coined within the last five years. Maybe, okay. maybe the, I'm glad you said a, that because I was thinking I'd never heard of this until a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, never I, I heard agree. of this before. And um, so basically what a recovery coach is, you know, it's one-on-one -on -one counseling with somebody and it's more uh, coming from like a life skills perspective, life coach. Um, it's not sponsoring. Let me just say that first and foremost. Yeah, make that is, distinction. What exactly is the difference between sponsoring and being a life coach? So being uh, being a sponsor and being a recovery coach, recovery coaches charge for their services. They charge money. And recovery coaches never, never, never do step work with somebody um, because we don't charge to take somebody through the steps in our fellow or in the fellowships. 
Like, you know, I, I, I had a sponsee, a woman. I think that's beautiful. Year ago. Yeah. I think that's yeah, beautiful it, of you. Really. Yeah, it's great. I met somebody, though. I had a sponsee that she said that somebody was sponsoring her and they charged her father like $150 every week when they met. And I was like, first of all, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I'm like, what a horrible person. Yeah. What an absolute horrible person. But um, I mean, to really yeah, pervert so, the beauty that is yeah. the 12-step community, that it is free. Right, right, right. Yeah. It is always free. free. Yeah. And, and we're doing this. I do this because I want to help people. Right. You know, when I, when I first came into the program, I was like, oh, I need that new car. That'll fix me. Or I need a nice watch or I need a nice pair of sunglasses. You know, that'll fix me. And then as I, you know, as I'm on, I'd say I'm on the back nine of life now at 53, I'm starting to see that, um, you know, the more I give, the more I'll get. And, um, but um, so, so getting back to the recovery coach aspect. So recovery coaches don't take you through the steps. They don't take you through the book. Um, in fact, when I work with somebody as a recovery coach, I make sure that they already have a sponsor already lined up. You know, I'm just a supplement to their team. I'm just another person on their roster helping them stay sober. And, um, you know, there's specific goals that we go through, like professional goals. Do we need to clean up any legal cases? Is there a divorce that was pending? Do you have warrants outstanding and do you need to get your driver's license? And we go through health. Do you have to get your teeth fixed? When's the last time you had an eye exam? Um, you know, we come up with very um, metric or, or metered goals and um, we, we, we meet weekly and we just keep track of those goals. And it really helps somebody stay focused um, and, you know, get to that next level. You know, I, I spend it, I was just having this conversation with my wife last night. I was telling her how I approach recovery and personal betterment. So I'm a, I'm a junkie for YouTube videos that offer up some benefit, either, you know, a, a, from a psychological uh, psychologist perspective or just straight recovery or physical health. And I will hear something that I think is interesting. And I just kind of ruminate over that, you know, I'll, I'll spend a week or so thinking about that mm -hmm. one thing that I heard. And it's really interesting. So I've, I've been trying to formulate in my mind, what is the anatomy of change of behavior change? Now, how does it start? What do I need to do and try to come up with a systematic way that I can employ to change other behaviors that I wish I, I, I did less or change behaviors that I, I wish I did more. And it's really interesting to hear how there's a, a, a help for that out here. That sounds what this, like what this is, somebody to help the person in recovery have even more benefits. You know, just like we feed the cycle of self-defeating behavior by, you know, use and shame use and shame, use consequent shame, use consequent shame. Right. When we have these benefits, we can, we can have a cycle of self-improving behavior. And I think this right. is fantastic, man. Fantastic. Cause Thank we have too few things to draw on that were good. And then when we add these benefits, we can link that in our mind to, I only got this because I at first got sober. I was only able to get my teeth fixed because I first got sober. I was only mm -hmm. able to, 
you know, have the courage to face this divorce or other legal scenario because I first got sober. Right. And uh, Harry, I, I, I cannot go on without saying that Drew very, he's a very level person. He's a very calculated person. And to see him this excited about this coaching thing, <laughs> it, it really is blowing me this away. Because, 10 out of 10. Yeah, because this is, this is, Drew's very difficult to excite. He's, he's yeah. very level-headed, very, very, very straight and narrow. Everything is very calculated and, and right. And for him to be excited about this, it's getting me excited to, yeah. to hear a little bit more about this. So, okay. So talk a little bit more about like the details, like what, what, like when, when someone employs you to be their coach, what exactly do they get out of, and I'm not, this is not necessarily a sales pitch yeah this just is not curiosity right. this is a curiosity on my part and i know that drew's going to enjoy this information as well and hopefully it will be received well by the listener and the viewer but what exactly does a life coach offer to to, to one of their clients like walk us through the details of what they'll get on a daily basis throughout the week sure so um you know they get 24 7 access to me um, I like to, so, so if we could just back up for a second. So there's a whole process, uh, in the recovery, um, in the, in the, in the steps of recovery, you know, you get into treatment, Mo not everybody goes to treatment, but in this scenario, you go to treatment, you clean up for about 30 days, and then they prepare you to then re-enter the world. And, you know, in treatment, you've been living in, you've been living in a bubble, for 30 days or 60 days. And from the time that they release you from treatment until the time that you are plugged into a group, any group in recovery, that time frame is so precarious. It's so fragile because you leave treatment, you may or may not have an exit plan from that treatment center, depending on how good that treatment center is. There may be, you know, um, uh, the follow-up care from from that treatment center that maybe you have a, a weekly meeting, a weekly Zoom meeting that you're supposed to attend, but you may not attend. And so when you leave that treatment center, um, and if you think that, you know, I don't want to go to a meeting, I'm scared. Um, you may not go to a meeting. You may go straight back to your dope man. You may go back to the the same familiar things that you were doing. So what I get excited about is with recovery coaching is that I, I, I meet these people in treatment. I have paired up or partnered up with that particular treatment facility and I'm, they make an introduction to me a couple of weeks before they're discharged. And so when they discharge, then we've already scheduled um, a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call or if they're in my local area in South Florida here, we'll meet in person once a week. And in that first, and in that first meeting, you know, we talk and everything's, you know, one hour a week. I don't like to give, you know, I can't pay attention after an hour. So it's sure. one hour a week. And we go through and we talk about certain categories, you know, what's your family situation like? What's your professional, your job situation like? Do you need to, you know, your driver's license? Um, does that need to be reinstated? Do you have all these issues? And so I uncover with them the problems in their life. And then together we come up with measurable goals and we put it all down on paper that first week. And, um, and then what we do is, you know, 
that we meet weekly on Zoom. But during that week, if they got a problem with something, they can email me or they can text me, they can call me. I don't want to say I'm like a sponsor, but I'm like, I'm there to hold their hand until we can get them to a meeting where they're comfortable. We can get them to a meeting, they raise their hand and say, hey, my name's Steve, I'm looking for a sponsor. So I'm really, if they want to go to a meeting with me or, or if they want me to go with them, um, we do that. And so each week, you know, we review their goals. We look at the progress that they made or that they didn't made. And, and depending on what's going on in their life, we'll reprioritize the goals. And so, you know, in my, in my professional career, I'm in, I'm in construction, I'm a project manager. So I'm always like shifting the priorities. What do we need to do this week? What did we accomplish? So I take that, that same methodology and help people with um, managing the goals in their life. And, um, and by getting them early before they're out of treatment, they got somebody that they can you know, rely upon while they're going in throughout their community and testing the waters in NA or OA or CA, whatever 12-step whatever group they're going to go to. They've got somebody on their team that they can say, hey, I don't want to go to this meeting. I'm scared. And I could be like, hey, I'll meet you at a meeting. Let's go. So that's why I get excited about it because what really I love the one-on-one -on -one interaction with somebody. Like when I sponsor people to do the steps and you know read the doctor's opinion, nothing brings me more joy than that. So this is kind of that, but 2.0. Right. You know, and um, there's not, you know, recovery coaching is very new. Um, the recovery process is not perfect. You know, I don't know what our recovery rates are, but you know, it's not perfect. But this, this, uh, this component of a recovery coach kind of fills in that, that area of risk where a person may relapse, you know, hopefully this, they, hopefully this is like, it's like a safety net that can catch them before they go back out. Absolutely. Look, when I first got sober in the, in the mid nineties, I labored under the delusion that if I somehow managed to remain abstinent, then all of life's problems I would avoid. Right. And then after, so the first time I tried to get sober, I stayed sober for about four and a half years. And then, you know, that, that common story we all hear, go to fewer meetings, talk to your sponsor list, read the book left, you know, do, the slow attrition of my recovery practice, and then boom, I get high. And then, you know, as I progressed, I realized that, you know, being sober does not help you avoid life problems. Now it may help you avoid that DUI and it may help you avoid some of those kind of acute problems that are directly related to use. But if I don't address life problems and keep those handled and at bay, then it causes me problems in my personal life. And then I want to get high because of it. Right. 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 So, you know, this is, I think, I think this service is great. Yeah. I think that it definitely would have, it would have helped me early on specifically and, and, and the subsequent tries at recovery after that. But initially that, that extra layer of, um, of accountability would have been incredibly helpful for me. Um, and, and, learning how like to touch on what you just said, life is going to continue to happen. You know, I've spoken with a lot of folks that said, you know, life got more difficult after they got sober because there was that 
you know, drugs and alcohol work for some time until they, they stop work. working. They yeah. are wonderful numbers uh, and, and they can help with anxiety. They can help with a lot of things until they start working against you. And I'm reminded of something that good old Paul T in Dallas says. He says, today, my biggest problem is not my biggest problem. My biggest problem today is how I react to my biggest problem. Mm. So it's that it's that being able to bounce a particular situation off of somebody uh, and and help uh, process that and then possibly perhaps be a little bit less reactive to that particular experience and cause yourself less harm and damage in the long run from not having to not do anything that would create shame or guilt within you and also not having to uh, offer up any uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, apologies, not apologies, but uh, amends. Amends. Thank you. Uh, not having to to make any amends, you know, um, and and it's all about, you know, I, I can see how incredibly important that that extra layer of prote protection could be, um, on top of you know good sponsorship to have somebody in your corner that is willing to hold your hand and say, hey, let's do something difficult together. I'm going to help you through this. I've been through this before, and now I'm uniquely qualified to help you deal with what you're going through right now. And right. I mean, isn't that the beauty of um, of getting sober and 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 working some sort of program, whether it be AA, whether it be faith based, whatever? There's like we talk about every week. There's a million and one different paths to recovery, uh, and we support all of them here at the Recovery Lab Podcast. Um, but you know, having somebody in your corner to 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 really uh, to to help with that added layer of accountability. I think is such a beautiful thing. I mean, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And, and man, I, I gotta say, you know, I, I, I think that's fantastic that you're doing that. How I, did you, how did you get involved? Had you woke up one morning and thought, you know what? We'll be a recovery coach. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. What was that? Well, that's like? a great question. So during uh, the pandemic, um, I, uh, I was sent home from work and we were sent home for three years and um, I was like, I got to do something else. I, you know, I'm not good with extra time on my hands. Right. So I started this company. I'm, I'm good at like writing resumes and, and LinkedIn profiles and like rebranding people and stuff like that. So I started this company and I was going to go to, uh, I went to treatment centers and said, Hey, um, I have this service here that I can help your guys and gals, you know, uh, rebrand themselves, help them interview and get jobs because in, at least here in Florida uh, for um, compliance purposes, um, when you're at a certain stage in the recovery process, your people, your clients have to be employed. Otherwise it's a, it's a violation of like JCO and okay. some other federal laws. So that was my, that was my way to come in and be like, Hey guys, I'm willing to do this. And I heard two dozen times, well, how, how who's paying for it and i was like well this will be a service you all would offer and like no we're not interested so i was like all right this is the wrong this is the wrong way to the wrong way to help people so i had to like go through a different door and um i'm like and i thought that for whatever reason that show intervention popped into my head and i'm like i've got a lot of experience being clean and sober and um i'm gonna become an interventionist so i got certified and, um, and along the way, I also got um, a recovery coach designation 
And uh, I started doing interventions and I've been doing interventions for about mm, two years, but, but I have, I've been doing 12 step calls, you know, taking people to treatment ever since I came into the program. There, there, there were no, you know, this, this, the, the way our recovery system works now didn't exist back then. So officially I became an interventionist. I got that title two years ago. And, um, and then I was like, okay, I want to, I want to sh- shift my, you know, the way I can help people in a different direction because the intervention work is great. I've helped a lot of families, but it's so draining emotionally because you you're involved with a person's life and the whole family dynamic, you know, for like 30 to 60 days at a clip. And, you know, you're getting, you're getting, you're hearing all the emotional stuff of the whole family mixture. And so I, I wanted to kind of step away from that. And um, so that's, that's what brought me into recovery coaching. You know, I had a couple of doors closed on, on me, but the main focus has always been, how can I help? Uh, another person, another alcoholic, another drug addict, somebody that needs help in recovery, how can I help them? And so that's what, that's when I pivoted to recovery coaching. And, um, you know, there's still that element of who's paying for it. That's what the treatment centers want to know. So, and I can't talk too much about it, but I'm working on a way that takes the cost out of the equation a hundred percent. So that I can walk into a treatment center and say, okay, bring me your people. This doesn't cost anybody anything. I got the costs all taken care of. Let's start helping people. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. There's not much else to say than that, (laughs) to be able to offer that kind of service with no additional um, stress incurred by you know, somebody that's just trying to get sober. And oftentimes, I don't know about anybody else, but I was pretty financially bankrupt when I found my way into right into, into recovery. So um, that's one less thing that I would be able, I would have been able to, you know, gain access to without the added stress of, um, you know, having to worry about how I'm going to pay for it or putting right. that on family or friends or anything like that. So Mm-mm. that's awesome, man. I, I think that's, I think it's absolutely incredible. And and before, um, if you would, after we're done, we have a um, recovery resources page on our website. And if you would, um, and we'll talk about a little bit more at the end here of how folks can get in contact with you. But uh, for our listener and viewer, um, you can also, after we're done here, go to recoverylabllc.com and just click on recovery resources. What's that site again? It's uh, www dot recovery lab um and just click on the recovery resources and with with your permission harry i'd love to add your information to uh that page uh if that yeah works. that'd be great that's awesome be honored to be awesome. on it yeah sure awesome well, why don't we pivot over to uh recovery for america now yeah i was just about to say tell pivot, us pivot yeah, pivot pivot how did uh pivot. yeah pivot. how how did you get uh, connected with, uh, Katie Sullivan and art, uh, and, and what is that, what is that, um, what, what has that looked like as far as your involvement with recovery for America now? Well, it's a funny story. So I was invited to, um, a benefit. I, I never heard of art and Katie. I didn't know anything about their, 
um, about their organization. And a good friend of mine said, hey, we've got an extra table, an extra seat at our table. Why don't you come? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. I like to meet people in recovery. And, and, and it was local in the area. And so I walked into this place and it was the nicest recovery event I had like ever, ever been to. They had like six like centerpieces with flowers and like it was like legit. It, they put some money into this thing. And so um, Dr. Drew was the keynote speaker and um, we listened to him. He's great. I've, I think everyone's been listening to Dr. Drew since like the 90s. He's been on like a million oh, that love line dude yeah it, it right taught me so much it really did <laughs> yeah so he was there and then um then art got up and spoke and he inspired me about his story and then katie spoke and she inspired me about her story and uh, i got so moved as to like what they were doing uh i went up to katie afterwards and uh introduced myself told her who i was you know, gave her, you know, told her that I've been sober for X amount of years here in Florida. If there's any way that I can help their organization, I, I'm here to help. And um, she said, um, we like, we would like to meet some, you know, treatment center owners here locally in South Florida. And I said, well, I got a list of about four treatment center owners. One of them is my sponsee who runs one of the top three in the state of Florida. I said, I'll set you up with some meetings, you know, for you guys this week. And so I went with her and Art, and we met with these treatment center owners. And um, and then when Katie and Art went back to D.C., you know, I, Katie and I, we talk like, well, text regularly, but she asked me if I wanted to be on their advisory board. And I said, absolutely, whatever you need me to do. And so that was, oh, gosh, I think it was the fall of last year. And, um, you know, they've been revamping their board and, um, I'm, I'm kind of like just waiting here to see what direction, where they're going and how I can help further. You know, Katie and I, right. we talk, it's like both of us have ADD. It's like, we can do this and we can help here and we can do this. Right. And, and it's just really cool meeting people in recovery who are also in recovery. And, and I didn't, you know, break their anonymity. It's on their, on their website that they're in recovery, but, um, you meet people that, that just want to help people. It's really it's so cool because ideas, they just, you know, multiply and, you know, you, you can go in so many different directions and you meet the right people. And then things just happen in like, you know, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but things just start happening and it's very organic and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. They the road were, to happy destiny. Absolutely. Yeah. They were, right. uh, they both graced us with their presence on the podcast uh, a few months ago. Um, and just the nicest individuals. And, uh, you know, we're, I, I told them exactly what you told them. And, you know, if there's anything that we can do uh, to help them out, um, you know, we are, we are hundred percent here for it. I, I believe in what they're doing a great deal. Um, and, and we, we hope that um, they will, they will reach out that uh, if there's anything that we can do to help. So. Right. That's yeah, awesome. great organization. Yeah, yeah, I bet that was a pretty awesome um, event there. I would have, <laughs> I would have died to be there and heard all that good stuff. That's pretty awesome. It's great. You know, I go to events and it's like, not not everything like moves me. Like you know, I like right. I'll hear a good story, but when the two of them spoke and I heard like what they were doing and what this organization was about, I was like, I, I got to be in. I got to be in and at some type of level because I really. Um, I really like what they're trying to do in this country. I really yeah, do. Absolutely. 
I think there's a, well, I think, you know, so I read this might take, well, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't share all no, go ahead. So I read, uh, Johan Hari's book, chasing the scream, you know, and he, there's a lot in there that I really do like about an interconnectivity and community being the opposite of addiction. And, but I kind of bought into his, you know, maybe I ought to make it legal like they did in Portugal. And, uh, I really appreciate it here in arts kind of hardline stance in opposition to harm reduction. Do y'all have harm reduction measures in Florida or is that more of a California thing? Um, I think it's more of a California thing. Yeah. I can't imagine with old DeSantis, y'all are real heavy on the here, come shoot up in this park. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't <laughs> think we're like that. No. Uh, no. Well, so all, I mean, you know, it sounds good. Hey, make it free, make it safe, make it this, make it that. But then the, the impact apparently is not good. Yeah. I, I, I was of the, the thought of, um, I mean, you know, I want to, I want to be progressive. I want to be on the cut. Right, edge. right. Right. But, I don't think permissive drug use is getting it done though. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was very, um, very interesting to hear art talk about, um, you know, well, okay, this is what they've done. They've been super progressive in, in, uh, California and their overdose rates skyrocket. Let's just go take a look at the streets right now and see how they're doing. And, mm. um, it's, it's, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not great not to harbor on negatives, but you know, there's certainly much work to be done over there in the, the old California, but God, it's, yeah. so, it is a beautiful place. So, okay. So with all of this work and recovery, my wife worked in a trip facility, uh, for a little over a decade. And, um, there was a, a, um, there was a lot of, uh, burnout that happened, uh, with the staff inside the treatment facilities and, uh, in her facility specifically, how do you in working with, um, alcoholics and, and addicts, um, in, in their world, how, how do you protect yourself from a being becoming jaded, um, mm -hmm. uh, from being resentful? How do, what does, what does self care and self health look like for you in order to keep yourself at the optimal, um, operating, you know, the, the optimal, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Right? I'm just not pulling out words at all today. How do you keep yourself healthy? How do you not get depressed? How do you not, how do you protect yourself from, from those kinds of things? Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of, when I was doing a lot of intervention work, I was kind of taking on all of that and, and, and it was becoming, it was becoming very, um, I don't want to say harmful to my life, but it wasn't, it wasn't adding any benefit to it. Let's just say that. Um, but what I do, self-care, I love that term. This is like a new buzzword. I love this. Um, I meditate in the mornings and I don't do it every day, but I meditate. I try to center myself every morning. I try to talk to God and, you know, get centered and remind myself who I am, where I came from and where I could be if I don't maintain my connection to my recovery program every day. So I try to do like a spiritual connection. Um, I go to four meetings every week. I still go to meetings after 24 years. I love meetings. I love the community. I, I've built a very large community 
um, for myself down here, I don't have a lot of friends, but I know a lot of people because I've been sober and I've been active in um, in in my twelve step recovery here in the Fort Lauderdale area. So I go to I go to meetings a lot and I sponsor people, and um, I still stay. You know, I still make I still make my recovery my number one priority. When I first got sober, um, I lied to my employer because I found a I found a home group that I wanted to go to like at eight a.m. And I lied to them. I said, oh, I have to go to marriage counseling. Can I come in late? And they said, yeah, just stay late. And so for two years, this home group met every day. Um, and I went there seven days a week for two years. I even took my youngest, who is now 20. He was in a car carrier. I would take him to the meetings. I would chair meetings. I put him on, on top of the desk and I'd run a meeting. And the ladies would come and grab my kid. And, and so I've always made staying sober, clean and sober, my number one priority. Um, I also, I work out, I try to work out four times a week. I try to stay physically fit. You know, I, I live near the beach here, so i like to walk. I like to be outside except for not in the summer. Cause it's like a thousand degrees here. Um, but I try to stay we can relate. Yeah. 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 Oh, Mississippi. Yes. Um, and, um, and, uh, I go to the gym. Oh, and I get, um, and I have a therapist, you know, I, I recently went through a divorce, of a 15 year marriage. And, uh, I went and worked through some of my issues for the last two years. And so I always have a therapist to go to and, um, what else, Jim? And I try to eat well, you know, I just, I'm just, I just try to stay physically fit, emotionally fit and balanced in those three areas. And, um, I think I kind of have a hold on that after all these years, I'm just starting to get the hang of it after all these years and um oh and massage i get a massage every three weeks best thing for me so that's how i i try to keep it all balanced and intact if you can say that's awesome i gotta i gotta yeah. i gotta present a question. Uh, you know where this is going i do know where this is going you know exactly where this is going. oh i'm scared <laughs> have you ever attempted cold exposure cold plunge anything of that uh, along those lines no, but I will tell you, like, all oh my, my sponsees got a plunge tub, and I'm seeing this all on the internet now. So what do you all know about this? Well, funny you should ask, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> so I was introduced to it by my therapist who did, like, a community um, ice bath. Every he still Sunday. does it. Still, still does, does it. it. Yeah, every Sunday at 4.30. And... um Throughout, since I've been working with him the past two years, um, he has inevitably every session, he will bring up something about cold exposure, um, ice bath, cryptotherapy, or not cryptotherapy, but um, cryotherapy. Um, and and I've just, I'll be honest, like, I just kind of like blew it off. Like, there's some hippie shit. Yeah. Like, you, whatever, bro. Like, yeah. I, okay. Cool, you go in the uh, ice bath. And you, you and your sage. Yeah, you sage. <laughs> and I just kind of blew it off a little bit. I mean, the guy helped save my life, but when it comes to something that I didn't know anything about, I just kind of blew it off. Unfortunately, I'm I'm learning not to do that. But so he persisted with his knowledge and 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 wisdom on the on the topic, and I did a um, uh, sweat lodge with uh, one of our guests, um, Gracie, that was on a couple of weeks ago, did a sweat lodge with her, I guess this is almost a month ago. 
Um, and yeah, it was May 15th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we I did mean, this April 15th. Yeah, we did this. It was, it was incredible. Um, uh, this guy Keone did it, led it. And it was just, it was an incredibly spiritual experience. It was awesome. And Gracie and I were talking afterwards and somehow the ice bath, um, popped back up and she knows Zach, um, and went to this, she goes to this, um, ice bath, this community ice bath. And they've got 200 gallon tubs and, and Zach bought an ice machine and it's, I mean, it's the whole nine yards. And, um, she's like, yeah, you should come, uh, tomorrow. The, the, the sweat lodge was on a Saturday and they were going to do the ice bath the next day. And, you know, I'm one for, if somebody's, you know, it was enough for me to have all of this knowledge about Zach talking about the benefits and then Gracie saying, yeah, we're doing it tomorrow. And there was just something that clicked. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Um, you know, Gracie seems completely sold on it. Zach is completely sold on it. So I went and tried it and hand to God, hand to God. I stayed in it for five minutes and immediately after I got out of it, I felt better. I felt, um, I felt more connected, more calm. Um, and it was just, it was just the tip of the iceberg. So in, in true alcoholic addict fashion, if one is good, well, you might as well go get six or seven. So I, uh, the, the next week, um, bought a freezer. <laughs> no, I think that, well, maybe that was the next week. Yeah. Um, so we borrowed the tubs and had it, we did a yeah, live we did, stream. We did one with Gracie here at the podcast outside the back of the studio. And that, that was your first, that was my first time to one. do it. Yeah. And, and how did you feel after that one? It, it's amazing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So I've, you know, I've listened to a number of podcasts, guys that, you know, are that endorse, uh, cold exposure. And I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of literature and data to support why it's good for you. I'm not exactly sure why, but I do know this. You feel better yeah, in every way when you are done. Yeah. I don't know if the benefit comes from the forced release of these things called cold shock proteins. I mean, that sounds a little bit like snake science. Well, I just listened to that. (laughs) Or if it's because you have overcome something that is legitimately difficult to do. And that's the point. That's the point. Like when you get in that water for the first time, like it takes your breath away. Your mind is telling you that you are in grave danger and you're going to die. Yeah. And what your body you can you. you can feel like all of the like it, it makes my stomach tingle kind of like, you know, I, and what I've learned is, you know, your body is going into emergency mode to protect the most uh, sensitive or, uh, organs, you know, all the oxygen rushes to your brain to make sure that it stays functioning uh, at the you know deficit of your, your feet and your, your hands and your, your limbs. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you feel good. Yeah. I mean, if that, if that, if nothing else, that should appeal to all the drug addicts out there. It feels good. Feels good, right? It feels good, right? right. And so, so I, I mean, I was like, I need more of this in my life. And Drew, I don't know if he was joking or not, but he sent me a. You were the one that started this. I didn't know you were going to. 
hop into it like that. He sent me a video of somebody that had created a uh, like an eight point seven cubic foot deep freezer, like a chest freezer, into an ice bath. And I, I mean, I honestly was like, I was like, huh, I think I was like, LOL or something like that. And I didn't. But next then, thing, next thing I know, he sent me a text from Home Depot. <laughs> Yeah. And Mar my wife and I had a, had a date night and, um, there was just, she and I were talking about it and I was like, well, I had a pretty decent week this week. Let's go to home Depot. And we got a 15% off coupon. So this is all, this could is not, not to get it. We couldn't afford not to get it. So we went and bought one and, um, silicone the inside, like, like the video told me and the, the research that I did, um, after that, uh, all talked about that. And, um, yeah, we, we went and, and got one, uh, built it, put it on the back porch and started using it every night. And we go four minutes every night. Um, you're, you're to do it for us, uh, some total of 11 minutes a week. Yeah. To, to, to unlock okay. maximum unlock benefits. the mystery of the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it so much that I had drew and his wife and his kid come over and they tried it. And hopefully they're now believers. Drew bought my old one off of me this morning. I dropped it off at his house and I bought a, a slightly larger one. Um, just the, the, it's not slightly larger. It's, it's twice the size. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's whatever. And, um, uh, and, and we, we all went over there and tried it last night. And I mean, it, it was, it was cold. It was cold. It was, yeah, we, it was like 41 degrees last night. Um, wow. and, um, I kid you not like, you know, when you find something in life and it works, whether it be recovery, you know, sobriety, uh, you know, a good restaurant, whatever you want to share it with people. If you're not a psycho. Uh, you know, you, you want other people to experience the, the, the good feelings that you experienced. And I gotta be honest with you, man, it's that times a hundred. We with this toured cold bath. a treatment center yesterday Yeah, that offers cold exposure therapy as part, as of, part of their mm -hmm. treatment. Yeah. They have two is it in an ice bath or is it like the, uh, they have two of those points. Two of those plunge machines. The ones that you see on, on TikTok tubs. and Facebook. Okay. Those Got big, it. beautiful white tubs. Uh, yes. And they bought two of them and they put them in like this beautiful, like greenhouse with like, uh, like uh, glass on, or I don't know if it's glass, but it's like clear a, plastic on yeah, the ceiling. It's like a greenhouse or a terrarium. Yeah. And it's just, it's like this, you can go and get centered and hop in the ice bath. Like I, I'm not lying, Harry, if you haven't tried this, I'm telling you, you've got to try it. Not only that, it activates the brown fat in your body. And then the last two weeks, granted, I've work has been a little bit more. So I've been working a little bit harder and sweating a little bit more. Um, but in the past two weeks of doing this every single day, I've lost 10 pounds. Oh, I like to hear that. I've lost 10 pounds. Harry. Wow. The very and, first time I ever heard about this was a few years ago. I lived in, in Hattiesburg, a smaller city about 90 miles south of Jackson, Mississippi. And I met a guy there who, so the godfather of cold plunge is a, he's either Danish or Swedish. His name is Wim, W-I-M, Wim Hof. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he is to physical endeavors what elon musk is to you know business business and uh engineering Innovation, yeah so wim hoff 
like, you know, figured out, you know, if he could figured out how to control his breathing such that he could climb Mount Everest with shorts on shit like that. So Wim Hof is the master of cold plunge. And this guy I met in Hattiesburg interviewed him. The guy and my buddy from Hattiesburg was like, look, why don't you come over? We can do it. My friend's got a big ice maker and I never got around to it. But the one thing he said, the seed was planted. The seed was planted. The thing that he was trying to sell me on was he said, look, you will burn fat like nobody's business because your body is doing everything it can to keep you alive, to keep you from going into hypothermia. And it just eats up a lot of calories to do that. And there's uh. something about overcoming that because your subconscious, like I said, is telling you that you're in grave danger and you are going to die. That is the, those are the messages that your brain is getting. So it's going to work overtime to protect that from happening. The magic for me comes from the subconscious telling me those messages, but the conscious saying, you know what? No, in through the nose, out through we're, the mouth. We're not in danger. What we're doing right now is going to be of maximum benefit to us in the long run. And it's wise of us to just sit tight and push through this. And it's that, it's that win of the battle between the subconscious and the conscious for me that has boosted my self-esteem. It, it, I'm a much more level emotional person. It's just incredible. Um, it really is. You, you really, you really got to try it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, it's phenomenal. And I feel like we've talked about that for far too long. But well, I got I got two buddies that have those white tubs that you all described and they're run to their house. So I'm gonna run. run to their house and try it. Do me a favor. Will you do something for me? Will you yes. make me a promise? Will you try it for at least eleven minutes a week for two weeks and send me a text or give me a call about how you feel after two weeks? Yeah, we can have you back on to report what your uh, observations are. Would you okay. be do that? If I can, yes, if I can arrange that with my friend, yes. Okay. I will. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And and report back to me because it's it's I'm telling you, there's it's something a game changer. Here. It is. Yeah. It really we here at Recovery Lab or an information distribution center. That's so right. we want to get right. the word out. Yeah. And you know, if one of those plunge companies decide to I mean, I would not I would we, not be plunge, we're here for you, man. Yeah. Um just, you know, we'll just, we need to test it obviously before we endorse it. So, you yeah. know, send Drew one and send me one and we'll, you know, we'll talk after that, but I'm, I've got a good feeling that there would be some, um, I think we might be interested in holding on to it for you for some time. Um, yeah. it is definitely something well, we want to make sure we believe in it before right, we right, endorse right. it we, on the podcast. Right. We wouldn't want to do anything, you know, that would, and, and, and yeah, so. If you haven't tried it, please try it. And, and that goes to the, the the viewer and the listener as well. And we're, I feel terrible, but we're about out of time. Drew, was there anything else that you wanted no, to talk Harry, to Harry man, about? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. That's my honor, guys, really. An honor to be here. So kind of you to take your time out on this Sunday afternoon. Oh, and happy birthday to your son. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, yeah, yes. you saw that, yes. Yeah. We went on this ropes course last night, and it was, oh, my God, it was crazy. It made me realize how old I am. <laughs> You're not old. You're not old, Harry. I feel you, Harry. No. I'm up there with you. Yeah. Man. man, Harry, thank you so much. You're an incredible. God bless, guys. Thank you all so thank much. You. Uh, we'll thank see you. you on the flip side. Bye-bye. All right. Take yeah. care. Bye. Great.